0: All right, we're back in Dr. D's social network, this time with Baro, and I am pumped to talk to you about, I think, eSports and things of that nature, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, eSports.
0: Wow, man, I, uh, I'm i a big sports fan, but I have to f- confess, I don't know a lot about eSports with it, so... Let's,
1: let's talk about it today.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about, like, ha- tell me the, like, origin story here, you know, what, what happened?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like... You mean like the on the esports side or my side?
0: Your side. I mean, how did oh. you come into this, man?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Darian. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, I grew up as, you know, playing games when I was a kid, obviously like anybody else. And um, yeah. that was pretty much it with my gaming experience. But then uh, I I was trained as an engineer. I worked as an and d engineer for about 10 years. Then I switched to management consulting. And I started as a tech consultant uh, based in Japan, where I'm at right now. And you know, uh, esports, as we're gonna talk more about it, it started from South Korea in the 90s. That's where, which where that's where I was growing up. So I kind of grew up seeing what happened. And you know, in my mind, Japan is a definite like the the big gaming nation. So when I came here four years ago, I expected more that you know esports has to be really big over here. Mm-hmm. But then, to my surprise, it wasn't actually. So back in 2017, like nobody really knew about what esports was. Like I've met a lot of people; they never even heard about that word. So I kind of found it peculiar. And being in a business consulting firm, you know, uh, we talked to a lot of people and came to a conclusion that this might be a, a business opportunity here because you know Japan as a gaming country. It's a, it's a as a gaming market, it's a number top number three globally. So you know we saw that potential, and that's how it really started. So we started put together something as a esports advisory at my firm, and it kind of started as a side project back in 2018. Mm-hmm. But it really took off during uh, in the middle of it, and you know in Japan right now, it's you know the esports is all over the place, and that's how it became my full time commitment. And now I lead a small uh, group of team, uh, yeah, and, and and the firm right now.
0: Wow, that's that's crazy. But you know, it's I think about the intricacies of esports. What is it that is drawing more and more people to this aspect of of sports?
1: Yeah, so it's really I mean, it's good that you have the you know the the sports background. So it's really that you know the competitiveness, right? So like when I was growing up with gaming, it was really more about the personal entertainment side. So I don't know, depending yeah. on the generation. Some people might, you know, imagine a vision like, say, Pac-Man or a Space Invader. Yeah. Yeah. In my case, it's Mario or Zelda. Same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which is like, you know, that's a really a personal entertainment. You engage into that game console and you play by yourself. And And if you have friends around, you play with your friends. That's pretty much it. But what really changed it is really that, you know, of of course, the competition, but also the fact that it's fun to watch people play video games competitively. And that's actually really uh, like fun enough that actually some people pay to watch. Mm -hmm. And that's really the core part. And it's really that, you know, if you look into the side of the business perspective a bit, it's really of that change that it was gaming itself was a very player centric, but since it became esports, it's a very viewer centric. And, and, you know, it becomes very similar to a traditional sports uh, business in terms of the uh, business ecosystem.
0: Oh, interesting. So is it like, I mean, forgive me for my being naive. Like I don't really know. That's why I do this. I want to learn about these things and help promote people. But like, What's a good example of like a very popular eSports game that like people really love?
1: Yeah. So, you know, there there are a shitload of games out there, right? Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. But the one that is very, very popular and very successful is there are a couple of them. And at, at least in the case in the US, probably the first one that comes to my mind is a game called League of Legends. It's by Riot Games. Mm-hmm. And it probably has the biggest uh, you know, fans and biggest prize and, and all that. But we also have a thing called Dota 2, which is a similar game genre. But a different game type. We have, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the word, first-person shooters. It's like, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, they're Fortnite, uh, Call of Duty, Rainbow Six, Valorant. Uh, these is all similar genres of game, and this is also very, very popular. Uh, game esports game genre out there, but so it's not only that. There are also di- different ones like you're probably s- familiar with Street Fighters. Yes. Yeah, that's also a a, a genre of esports. So there's a esports uh, Street Fighter tournaments around the world, a world tournament, wow. Tekken tournament. So these fighter type is also uh, another one, and also sports games too. Actually, so if you're into soccer, FIFA, it's the biggest uh, soccer uh, esports game uh, around the world. It's really popular in, over in Europe, uh, in the US, uh, the American football Madden. It's NFL Madden. Yeah. It's probably the most popular sports game. Also followed by uh, NBA Two K. Wow. so there, there's it's just a lot you know it's a really a huge a, a wide very pall- there's a huge palette of games that are already part of esports
0: when did the money come in it for the players like what was kind of the genesis of that
1: yeah that's a really good question uh, so it's started around at the end of uh, in the 90s in South Korea so let me give you a little bit of a big picture story so uh, like in the early '90s, South Korea is all about like was all about Japanese games, like you know we're talking about Mario, Zelda, like the console games. But then the PC game took off around mid '90s, and because there were more network PC came out, and a lot of the household hold them. And you know, uh, all of a sudden, and I think it was 1998, uh, there was a game called StarCraft by Blizzard, which is a US company. And it was a real-time strategy game, and that was a mega hit. And everybody in my age, around my generation, everybody played that game, every single guy. <laughs> so it's like, it's like if you don't play the game, like you're not even allowed to talk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was such a huge deal, and everybody started to play. And then, you know, uh, there were some good players, of course, obviously. And and uh, along that you know trend we have a new business came out which is called uh, pc bang and it's basically a a game dedicated net cafe facility right so you have a rows different rows of pc a gaming pc where you have all the all the games that you won within the pc and you can play as you as much as you play and you pay by the hours and that business grew up a lot and, and that kind of kind of you know incubated all these players and then you know later on there were like professional leagues and for the professional leagues there were it started off as an individual player but later on the, uh, there was professional team that came out and it was really around like around 2000 where this concept of professional team came out because the so-called esports league really had the form even from the very beginning like traditional sports so we're talking about you know uh, two players playing video games starcraft in front of a computers very seriously and you have a commentator and caster like a, you know like a normal like a traditional sports commentary yeah. with three people package and you know commenting seriously what's happening in the in the game space and that was actually fun to watch <laughs> surprise <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, that's how the uh, professional scene really started. And, you know, then we started to have like a like a sp- like corporate sponsorship towards that, you know, team. And that's how, you know, they start to get paid. The teams start to get paid and uh, and therefore the, p- the players start to get paid, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how it really took off.
0: Wow. I, s- I remember when I first heard about like people making money playing esports, uh-huh. I'm like, what? I'm like, I played a lot of video games when I was a kid and I didn't make any money. I played Mario so many times. It was unbelievable. (laughs) Mike Tyson's punch out. I mean, I, I could barely beat Mike Tyson back in the day, but it's so crazy. Like, where is, where do you see this going as the future of this continues to move forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's been an exciting, you know, adventures and looking at this industry growing. And, you know, it's no longer about, I think, you know, the gaming, the culture or the gaming scene back when we were growing, it was very, like, you know, very closed in a way. And <laughs> there mm-hmm. might have been a little bit of negative connotation. Like, you know, it's something that you'll do it in the basement all day long. And, you know, like, you know, they're not very <laughs> yeah. sociable and all that. But... That has taken a different spin uh, since it became esports. It's, it's esports is it's no longer dark and no longer negative. It's really something cool. Like people, it's it, nowadays the, the 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 generation nowadays. is something that they look up to. They had a uh, recent survey of in Japan. Uh, they asked the elementary school students here, and they're role model number one i mean what they want to be in the future number one was youtuber and number two was an esports player <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean you know i mean you could imagine right you can play your favorite game all day long and that's a, for a professional career and so how can you beat that oh. right <laughs> So I like the way I see it it's, it's keep on continue growing and I see and the one part of the reason behind that is not only about the player themselves but also about the B2B side of it. So a lot of the companies uh they find a way to associate with this new uh you know a uh, uh, community through the form of uh sponsors for example and it's a new crowd to them younger crowd younger generation which is a new New client for them, new user for them, so they they have a lot of incentives for them to actually interact through the form of esports. So there are a lot of capitals coming in. So as an industry, it's also growing really big. So I can only see this growing, but at the same time, uh, there are you know of course issues that we'll have to take you know take into account. For example, back in Korea, uh, there was a fixed game fixed game scandal. Mm. And, you know, just like traditional sports, it's if as long as there's a competitive, you know, uh, element in it, it's really about that integrity and accountability about that competition, how fair it was. And because especially when there's a lot of prize, you know, a lot of thing on stake, even like betting, uh, you know, there is a chance that, you know, something fixed, something bad, like fixed game might happen. And. Because of that, uh, Korean industry was... Korean indus- esports industry was hit really hard. There were a lot of people laid off. A lot of the business was gone. A lot of the team was gone, etc. So I think, you know, that something like that, like like a bubble pop, might happen. It's, it's along, along the line in the future, globally. Mm. But I don't think that's the end of the story. I think that's just part of the process. And, you know, and we're going to take off from there even more. So... Yeah, that's sort of a kind of I'm seeing the cycle in the future.
0: So what's the, you know, and looking at it in a lot of directions, like what's the, I hear a lot of the great things. What's maybe the downside for, let's say, the players who are playing? Is there some level of um, trepidation potentially for doing something like this?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, from the player side, there are still a lot of open issues. So just to give you a little taste about it. So like in this space inherently a lot of the professional called professionals are very young they start their professional career in their you know uh teenage like mm-hmm. fifteen or something and also in other words it means that their professional career ends pretty early as a player because believe it or not uh depending on the game if you hit like 25 they consider you as you're too old you you're like you should be <laughs> Ready for retirement? Seriously. Wait a
0: minute. Who came up with that? What is
1: that? <laughs> I'm serious. you are like you're like, a
0: loser. You're 25. Stop doing this. <laughs> yeah, something. <you> know,
1: <laughs> in, a, in a way, it's like uh, like uh, similar to like uh, figure skating. <laughs> you know, Yo, are they gymnasts uh, or something? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just that you know your physical like you know maneuver with your you know like moving your mouse and keyboards. You can't just really catch up with the with the speed of the you know the, the teenage. If you want to reach uh, the 20s. Uh, late late 20s or something. <laughs> no clue, man.
0: <laughs> Even retiring at 25 or yeah, 20. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> that's crazy.
1: Yeah. So we're talking about a short professional career as a player. Then you know it comes down to like what's going to be their second career after that. Mm. So we have that issue. Well, that's an inherent issue for esports player. What's going to be their second career? But also, even before that, how do they become a professional, professional, you know, professional, like, esports player? Like, do we have a very healthy, established, you know, ecosystem for that? I believe not. Not yet. Depending on the places, there are some infrastructure, but it's really starting to take off. So do do we have, say, a high school draft system or, you know, something like that that we could easily find in the traditional sports scene? No, we don't. So... So it's something that you know it's still yet to come that building that you know uh paving that way for uh amateurs to become an actual professional and doing their you know and and knowing that they're still very young and you know that's one career wise second is also that uh you know as I said about that you know the integrity part so because it happens a lot in the uh, in the virtual space being game uh you know. There's some depending on the scene. There can be a lot of like dirty talks <laughs> over the gaming, and you get, <laughs> <they'll>, you know, <laughs> you trash know, talk and, is crazy. But. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you can imagine, right? And nowadays, <laughs> all the games are you can communicate over, you know, like voice. You can pretty much yeah. like like we're doing right now. So you can trash talk and you can intimidate your opponent if you like. You you don't feel like you know you're losing. You just you know <laughs> you flip at some point. And you know that thing happens, right? So, so you know, we trying to have that sort of like a like that you know fair, like traditional sports, like sportsmanship, like that companionship, yeah. like yeah. having that atmosphere. I think that's also something to be done in the future from from the player's per- perspective because it's because of that you know uh, for virt- virt- for being virtual, there's that component, and and many others, you know, just to name a few.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like if somebody's like 15 through 25, like I would mm-hmm. imagine there's some level of maturity issues that mm-hmm. could be part of it, you know, especially if mm-hmm. a kid's making a lot of money and, you know, mm-hmm. they're trash talking. I mean, how do they deal with that, you know?
1: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, you know, some people, some players, some kids make a lot of money just by, you know, winning the tournament as a prize, or they could mm-hmm. be. You know, be be a YouTube streamer, and just from that, you know, uh, source of income, it's still a lot. And you know, a lot of the fans consider that part of that trash talk is also like like fun, fun to watch. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> which I understand to a certain level. But you know, I think yeah. But when it comes down to like say a competition or you know formal competition, I think that there should be some form of like a like sort of sort of like a sportsmanship.
0: Yeah, I would think so, and. I wonder, like, let's say, in non-COVID times, is this something that is done in person, but uh, as well, or is it just purely digital?
1: Uh, during COVID, it's been more more so on, on digital, online. So pre-COVID, this was mainly offline. So I, I would say a lot of the, uh, you know, the early like the entry tournaments could be only online but the main, main events are offline events mostly because you know it's just like the same you know feel as you would go watch a sports game at a stadium yeah. right so you get together with your buddy and you root for your favorite team and there's also other entertainment uh, in that in the event like say you, you might have a celebrity come in and sing a song or whatsoever and other like yeah. you know exhibition and all that so the offline experience was really central to this actually uh, scene but <clears throat> excuse me since it became COVID it became completely online so which is totally doable being a game but at the same time there were like some other issue came out I, I don't want to like focus too much about the issue but just so you know like like for example the ac- accountability or for example mm-hmm. the actual player who claimed that played the, the game in the online tournament actually was not the, the, the player oh, himself was somebody else. Yeah, you know? I see. And you can do that, you know, if if there's any, you know, systematic, you know, uh, check uh, in place. Yeah.
0: Wow. See, there's so much to download here in a weird way. I mean, also, as I was thinking about this, is this like heavily dominated by males, females? What's kind of the general consensus?
1: Yeah, that's a great question there. And, uh it started when I uh, saw growing up in, in the eSports scene, it was mostly dominated by male. So I would say 99% was male. Wow. <laughs> but but along the way, it became uh, like, I've seen way more uh, female participants. And part of the reason it was uh, the star players. At least in the case of uh, Korea, so these so-called legendary star players uh, were, of course, they're good at playing games, but they also had that like a celebrity kind of component elements, like sports stars, right? So they're fun to watch talking. They're very entertaining, and they might also even have a very good looks too. And that started to attract like female, like young fans back then. And that's how really how it the esports fandom reached to another level to even non gamers. And nowadays, it's actually there. There's a, there's a huge uh, female fans in the scene, and you even have like a like a female tournament leagues as well, depending on the regions. So it's pretty there. There are actually quite a quite a, quite a number of uh, female gamers as well.
0: Oh, and I, I keep thinking about all these people, like fifteen to twenty-five, <laughs> doing mm. this thing. Who's the guy who's like twenty-four? And they're like, "He's Steve's on his way out, man. You know, he's too old. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just too. He's too old. Get he's him out old, of here. Right? <laughs> like, been he's dominating a dinosaur, the circuit right? <laughs> for years, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. why yeah. I can't get that out of my mind. I'm like, wow. It's just like. I never. I'm thinking like you're doing. You're playing games and stuff. Like you could basically do that forever. I mean, pretty much. I mean, but uh,
1: who knew? That's cool. I mean, you know. But I mean, it's 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 a, depending on the genre, right? So there are still games that you can do forever. And you know, for example, there's a in this is Sweden. There's this uh, a team called uh, Silver Snipers. Uh-huh. And they are. I think they are a Call of Duty uh, first-person shooter uh, game team. And they're. I think uh, their average age is 65. Wow. Yeah. So we have basically uh, grandmas and grandpas playing Call of Duty <laughs> professionally. I mean, they are really. And you know, it's interesting to. <laughs> and this is I mean, crazy. Look it up. Like, Google. It's crazy. They have their That's like all nights. Nice. Images and you know it's really interesting because they have their interviews and every, all, all these members have different reasons that they join because one is like uh, they just wanted to connect with their grandchildren more because yeah. coD is their favorite game or you know another one is because after they' retired they have a lot of time so they want to do something Different, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there are games like that where you can still enjoy, even if you're, you know, way above what's yeah. you know considered retiring age. But you know, yeah,
0: that's insane. I'm gonna have to look that. Up. <laughs> Just kidding, man.
1: <laughs> you're gonna love interviews. It. This
0: is for my son Billy. Uh, hey, man, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm a professional at 65. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you see this, like, in the intersection of the? Kind of the the continued growth of technology, like is will this become games where like I not know, maybe this exists already, where players feel the impact of being hit and stuff, or there's it's something that makes it more even more realistic, or that this more of an immersive effect. Is that taking place or going to?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so VR AR space, so it's becoming big. So uh, you know. VR and VR, VR devices is already been out there, and I think mostly we have a lot of games in VR space. But uh, like, if you're looking into a esports game that has this competitive nature in VR air, I think it's still yet to come. And I think the building block is really about that, you know, the the network issue. For example, it takes a lot of, you know, uh, usually it takes a lot of network if you're trying to do something over in VR or AR space, just the computation power takes a lot as well. So, but but having 5G, for example, coming out, I think that's going to be an enabler to have a more con- immersive content through AR and VR to, you know, so that, you know, we might even have a, a game content uh, in a competitive nature. That's one uh i actually seen an uh, actual game in ar that is based in japan it's called hado mm-hmm. and they they've been doing it for some years now and uh, it basically is it's it's like it's like street fighters uh you're you're doing uh, you know the you're shooting out energy bolts or hadoukens like ryu mm-hmm. in, in the game but virtually and you're with that ar Google. and you're playing against like a team. So it's like a it's like a like an AR sort of like a tennis but with okay. an energy ball and you're trying to block that or you know hit them and the more you hit you get more you gain more points. Or it's like a dodgeball kind of thing, yeah. Oh okay. okay. Yeah, so in, in that sense we, we, we I think there there are directions already and uh, towards that what you mentioned, Darian, and but I think the more we're going to have this new devices, new uh, you know UI uh you know, uh, technology being developed, I think, yeah, there's definitely a lot of chances to have this different gaming experience as we go as the technology develop.
0: It makes me think about like our people in the future, they're going to be like going into Tron basically yeah. and, like living inside this simulation of a esports game and like, you know, the avatars and stuff. Is that part of it? The people have like avatars yeah. and things like that.
1: Well, Like depending on the game, but yes. Yeah. So like, like, like the the most popular game last year it turns out was something called uh, animal crossing i don't know if you heard of it from uh, nintendo and this is basically uh you have you create your own avatar and you you chill out at the virtual space and you know with your buddy with the different avatar and it's not like esports esports but it's more like you know playing you be, you build your own your house and you you know interact with your friends through the form of avatar in the virtual space so it's basically what you just said
0: wow i can't even imagine this like 50 years from now you
1: know, yeah,
0: like, yeah. I, I feel like there's lots of fun elements and qualities to it but also kind of like a weird dystopic future about it at the same time <laughs> yeah <laughs> like become ready player one or something
1: oh know? yeah i was gonna say yeah ready player one would be a really close you know uh vision of that but yeah i, I there's still a lot of open issues but you know but i think that's like the simple you know way of yeah. putting it mm.
0: how do you how do you get involved in this or do you are you playing games too and stuff
1: not as much as i Used to. Um I don't advertise myself as a gamer at all, but I just do it whenever my sons wants me to play, jump in and help them out or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it pretty you're much too
0: not... old. You've passed your retirement. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah.
1: <if you're... laughs> I'm not You've even allowed to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sometimes I, I sometimes I if there's any game that came out that really, you know, tickles my curiosity, then I try to play. Mm-hmm much it though
0: oh yeah that's that's very interesting i haven't played video games in like 15 years no lie man. Mm. and not that i don't like it i i think mm. they're amazing i don't know mm. i just like maybe it's something for me it's like you were talking about zelda and and mm-hmm. super mario it's like oh i missed that mm. and like those are there's something different about kind of that closed circuit but i could also see how it'd be fun to play with other people Yeah, from all over the world and semi-networking but playing at the same time. Mm.
1: Mm. It seems Mm. like
0: it'd be fun on some level.
1: Definitely. You know, like when we were growing up, the game and the the game nowadays is completely different and it's exactly that point, right? Nowadays, it's really, you can network with new people by playing games and the good part is that you don't even need to speak that language that you might not even know what to speak, right? (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, you know, it may be, you know, you may be playing someone from, I don't know, Mongolia or, or or Iceland or whatever. And we may not even speak the same language, but, you know, but in the form of playing games together, you get to know this person better and you can actually build relationship through in the form of playing games. So, which is something completely, you know, we could never imagine when we were back, you know, playing 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. Is there some side of like, sort of like translation device built into some of the games like if you're going to meet people from around the world or no
1: uh i haven't seen one there may be but you know the the the, the other way of looking at it is that it becomes a very good uh first time experience for our kids to speak up like in a foreign language for example english yeah. yeah like like you know a lot of the people over here in japan like a lot of the kids it's became their first time experience of speaking a word of English while playing a game called Fortnite, for example. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, if you imagine, you know, like they, the parents spend a lot of their, you know, money s- sending their kids to a cram school to learn English. And it's not entertaining for their kids at all. But when it comes to gaming, like, you know, all they want to do is playing games and they start speaking a little bit of English to, you know, playing with their fellow over in, I don't know, in Maryland or whatever. And, <laughs> That's and you awesome. know, it's, it's, it's awesome. Right. And actually there was a, there wasn't, it's, we have a business over here that it's a private company that they teach English through Fortnite. What? So yeah, <laughs>
0: This is blowing my mind, man. <laughs> it's true. It's already wow. there. You know? That's incredible. Mm. I mean, this is way, this is why I like doing this stuff. It's like way deeper than you think it is. Mm. You know, I think that's a lot of things in life. The surface looks one way, but, you know, below the kind of iceberg is so much bigger than you think it is and <clears throat> more yeah. profound yeah. on that. You know, it's all oh, that's like really, really incredible. I, I never thought about it that way, that
1: kids are learning languages by playing games with each other. I mean, who would have, right? I mean, it's I think it's something that naturally came out and probably some, you know, entrepreneurs really spotted that and, yeah. you know, figured out that this is a really good opportunity and there's a natural need, of course, as well.
0: Amazing. Like education through video games. And back when I was growing up in the eighties, it was like you play too many video games, it's like you're rotting your brain and stuff. You're like staring at a screen constantly. <laughs> like
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: we're all staring at screens now it's not just kids right, right. <laughs> that's you right know? It's, it's not just kids now it's like everybody's staring at a screen or something like that you know
1: right right some form of screen right bigger or smaller or tilt like you know curved yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah what's with Fortnite? like what why do people love this game so much
1: yeah I, you know what so i i, I start playing this game completely out of my kids right they were into it and 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 I start playing with them and compare, what I could tell is that compared to other similar type of games so what's kind of different is about that this may sound a little geeky a little too too much into content but normal like fps game it's all about you know hiding behind some kind of obstacle some kind of a you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: architecture and trying to aim your opponent Uh, precisely and get a nice headshot and you get a kill and you know it's all about that but uh, Fortnite there's another component where you can actually build uh, architectures of your own you can build things so you have like this uh, you know uh, items of like where you raw items where you can build your own house and stuff and which you can use it as your own advantage to winning the game and if you're really good at it you can make it really quick and this is something that was completely new compared to other uh, similar type of games. So I think that's one. Uh, another thing is uh, they do a lot of uh, game—I mean, not even game, but content IP mashups. So what I mean by that is that uh, the last season they had, uh, for example, the, the Avengers as part of their characters. So we have Iron Man, uh, you know, uh, Captain America. We have Thor. You know, it was part of their character within the game. And and you know it's and if if anybody has familiar with that you know uh, content they would love to play because it's their favorite characters in there. So a lot of good job doing it at the, at the IP uh, mashing as well. And it just and they they do a lot of updates. So like you know so have, let me give you a little bit big picture here. So okay when we when we grew up with Mario, if you buy a software. It was just you know it was all all hard coded you know story right you you start and you beat Koopa you get you 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 save Princess Peach and you're you're done right yes the the game nowadays being online they have new stories that come out that updates on a regular basis and it comes out as a season so it's like a like a Netflix drama you have season one yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you could like never finish a game. Thing, I mean, how can you ever really finish a game? You know, like
1: no, no, exactly. So there, there's no finish in the game actually. So it's only continuing the season, oh. and depending on the season, the, the the story, the narrative changes completely. Sometimes even the genre changes a bit, and and in the way, you know, it's it's a new content. It's so it's so fun. It's so refreshing for the players to continue playing. So that's, it's, it's, it's a completely different type of model nowadays.
0: Wow. Oh, I, I never thought about the fact, fact be, about uh, the game never ending in a sense. It's, I mean, it mm. seems like that's a great business model. Yeah. That, you know, you keep people playing in the games and never beat it. There's something amazing about finishing a game, though, I mm, remember. Mm, it was like, mm. I'm done with this. I destroyed this game. It's over. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving on to the next one. I mean, yeah. it's, but it's, that's seasons. I mean, so this seems like there's a cinematic element to this, yeah. Um, acting element. I mean, is that how big does this get with the actual production of this? Yeah.
1: Oof, like in terms of like size and all that, you know. Like so, de- so, depending on the game genre, these seasons may lead to a one unified uh, story under under the game, you know, but. Like like a like a drama, but you know yeah. it need not be it could be just completely different you know directions it doesn't have to be a same you know narrative, et cetera, so it's just like the the purpose of that is the game companies trying to give their users to have different experience, different narratives, so that they don't get tired of it, you know like yeah. Like Mario, like if you play, if I play, like say a couple of times, I cleared it. If I try to clear it again, of course, I could do it, spending time. But at, after a certain point, I'll get tired of it. I'll never look at it again. But right. <laughs> I'll never get back. Right. But you know, but for a game nowadays, you don't want that. You want to have that constant update of co- new content, so that you know the player will feel it. You know, there's there's something new for them. And in that sense, if you look into the market. Last year the game industry uh, was about hundred sixty to hundred eighty billion usd Oof. and I think there was a new York post article and the last year it's saying that that was uh bigger than the music and movie industry combined or music movie and sports industry combined i mean of course there was a covid effect of course sure. but yeah um, but it was bigger than that
0: that's incredible
1: yeah. I wonder
0: as it created with making that much money has it attracted let's say like voiceover artists and things of that nature to be a part of voicing characters and games and storylines has that become a thing
1: absolutely absolutely that's a great point so like if you see the games nowadays it's really close to a movie like scene you know as you can imagine or like a netflix like a really nice drama and it's And the the graphics are crazy. And what's even supporting of that reality is the voice actors. And, you know, like I was just trying this game called uh, uh, Detroit. Uh, Yeah. And this is like really like a a futuristic game where Mm -hmm. you have a lot of characters and the voice actors are just crazy. It's like, you know, (laughs) like a movie level. And that's becoming like the status quo nowadays with the games.
0: Yeah, like they have to be up to this par. Like you're basically in a movie playing a mm-hmm. game, essentially.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, like we, oh, like it's, it's like the same sense as, like, say, Lord of the Rings. We have Gollum and the voice acting. Yeah, right? it's like well, how yeah. how is it different from the game voice acting, right? Yeah, I remember when I was growing
0: up. Like I was like obsessed with this game, like Ninja Raiden. I was mm. obsessed with it. Okay. Because uh, it had storylines and stuff, and it was like in between levels, you would watch like movies, basically, or scenes. Yeah. And it seems like that is like fully on now. It's like movie yeah. level, fully on. I even like one of my clients. He's a big gamer, and he was telling me that he spends money buying like different gear for his avatars. And I was like, Wait a minute, you're buying like clothes and stuff? That was <laughs> <laughs> his thing, you know? He's like, Oh yeah, it's a whole thing. I had no clue.
1: Yeah, that's a <clears throat> that's a really good point. And that's a whole thing really. Like so just to give you a little bit of background, the business model in terms of gaming has changed completely. So when we were doing with Mario and all that, so we were basically paying to play. we were paying for the rights to play, basically. So we're paying to buy that software, the the or the paying to buy that hardware console. We'll buy a Nintendo NES and we'll pie up package of mario or package of zelda and as long as you pay that price you can play as much as you want so you're basically paying that you know right to play nowadays as it became online and more esports friendly excuse me the games are all free basically it's free to play they just give out just like an application Uh, but uh the revenue Sources in-game transactions, microtransactions, yeah. so things like items, skins, your character, what they wear. It may not affect the the, the how strong you are in the character in the in, in the virtual space, just the looks, just aesthetics, uh, or the skin of your the wallpaper of the screen that you're looking at it while you're playing game, etc. Something like that. So it's that's really the the main driver of the uh, game revenue nowadays.
0: Wow. I mean, so pe- people are really devoted to kind of these in-game add-ons, mm-hmm. and um, and that seems like that's, where did that model come from, that they started discovering that people wanted to do this?
1: I think a lot of things has to do with, I think, uh, 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 esports, I, I believe. It's my hypothesis, but... <clears throat> Sorry, my my voice is breaking down.
0: <laughs> oh, it's okay. We're almost done. We're just hang in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do this
0: longer, <laughs> but <laughs> you have a newborn too, don't you? Like I, I remember do. Saying do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Two weeks ago, yeah, I was born two weeks Congratulations, ago. Congratulations, uh, by the way. Yeah, thank you. She's uh, she's gently in sleep, and hopefully she doesn't wake up in the next twenty minutes. I hope
0: so. you get some sleep. That might be an <laughs> issue for you. <laughs>
1: Right. But yeah, back to the question. So yeah, it's it's since the esports really took off, I think what the game pub game company realizes that you don't really have to charge them like the, the 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 old business model, you don't have to do it that way. As long as you, you know, let the players spend more time in the gaming space. And finding that, you know, little spots where they would spend that money, have that micro transaction on their, you know, uh, personalizing their characters and all that. I, I think, you know, the I think the, the esports has to do with that. And, you know, it turned like even for gamers, they really care about how they appear in the virtual space and with their avatar. So they want to be different. Right. It's just like, yeah. like like in, in the real world i want to have a like i don't know nike shoes i want to have an air jordan i will sure. pay an extra to have a jordan 13 or whatever and it's a sim- similar like that like you know virtual space the, if, for gamers there is a need so i think it was natural to become a bus- new business model out of that
0: are players receiving like that much feedback from other players or like oh i love the skin you have or the add-ons is that part of it
1: Oh, yeah, totally. So a lot of the esports players, uh, they do a lot of streaming, online streaming, YouTubers or, you know, Twitch, you know. So they basically show their gameplay, you know, the, the windows. And so the fans get to see what kind of, you know, uh, skin that they have. Or even if, you know, just you're watching as a, you know, tournament, you know, broadcasting side of it, you can see what kind of character skin that they're using. And it's like, you know, it's the same feel as like, michael jordan wearing his shoes and and everybody wants it and it's like that and what's even more is nowadays there are different like mashup between different like uh high-end you know uh, companies like uh, apparel companies like for example louis vuitton had a collaboration with the league of legend uh, the game so they have some of their product line uh realized in as a game item so as uh, a skin, <laughs> you know, <This> is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Louis Vuitton, man. <laughs>
0: I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is blowing my mind, man. It's like when they see the opportunity, right? You gotta, I mean, it's awesome. I think, mm. but it's man, I never associate Louis Vuitton with like gaming.
1: That's mm. mm. happening. That's wow. happening. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's unbelievable. I got to tell you, this was very enlightening and informative and uh, just a space that I don't have a lot of knowledge, but I'd like to be able to start gaining that and understanding the different passions that people have. I mean, you did awesome explaining it because I'm like mind blown over here. I mean,
1: it's great to hear. I mean, that's why I'm here, I guess. And, uh, you know, that's, that's it's, it's it's great to, you know, interact with a lot of different people and it was, you know, great to be on, on your host show.
0: I appreciate it, bar it's really awesome. Seriously, very informative. I know my audience, um, actually it's uh, predominantly women, actually. And I think it right. would be a very interesting, like thing for anybody. And it's, you know, kind of your 45 to 60 year olds. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're all retired game players. We cannot, we cannot exist in the esports world. <laughs> we'll be banned. <laughs> but I think, I think sometimes like in our world is that, We often, when we don't understand things, we just run from it or we just make assumptions. And I never want to do that. I want to put out episodes where it's like, hey, let's try to understand what's happening in this reality of Mm -hmm. life for people Mm -hmm. and and see the passion behind it, why people love it so much, or the people who are in business and doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I definitely learned a lot. So thank you for that.
1: No, I mean, you know, I, I, I think you know, there a lot of the points where you were pointing out is really interesting, and also just what so you know, like I think the power of esports is really coming from the fact that you know the you, any type of background, any sort of you know, uh, your whether you're male or female or, or physically capable that or, or you have a you know handicap whatsoever, it you can join and you can have that joy of competition in the form of gaming. So I think that's that, you know, wide range of participants, as I said, like the, the silver sniper, that's also really, you know, <laughs> I got to look that up, man. <laughs> yeah, please. And <laughs> <laughs> over in Japan, too, like we have a um, dedicated facility for uh, uh, older generation for gaming. It's a new business that came out uh, last year. It's an esports facility for uh, uh, over 60s. And they're basically learning how to play games. And, you know, you don't have to be a professional player. But if you consider playing game as like, you know, a learning experience or a way of interacting or communicating with the new group of people around the world, I think, you know, it opens up a lot of different doors. And so I would definitely, you know, uh, take that as a possible option along down the way.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, oh, uh Baro, thank you so much this was this has been truly awesome to have you on. I appreciate it.
1: thanks for having me, Darian, likewise, and uh yeah, hope to catch up again. You got thank we'll you for listening to this episode of dr d's social network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review my dad's show on Apple Podcast in the rate and review section. Thanks everyone.